Well, as we've sung to the Lord this morning, I hope your heart has been prepared to receive the Lord's Word. So please take your Bibles with me and open up to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we find ourselves in verses 15 through 17 this morning, three short verses packed full of truth. Follow along with me as I read. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15, Look carefully, Paul writes, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. For those who are either just joining us in our study or who have recently joined us, I need to let you know that we currently find ourselves in a verse-by-verse study. In fact, we found ourselves here for quite some time through the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And for those who have been with us through the entirety of this study, you know that the current section we find ourselves in is the second half, which is full of application. These applications are found in chapters 4 through 6, and they are based upon the truths that Paul laid out in chapters 1 through 3. Sometimes as we drill down into a book, we can forget the wider context, but it is important to remember that in chapters 1 through 3, we have the doctrines of the gospel, and in chapters 4 through 6, we have the practical implications and applications of that gospel. In other words, because of what Christ has come and done, and because of who we now are, this is how you are to live. All of this being the case, it is no surprise that one of the most repeated verbs in the second half of this letter is the verb to walk. Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Or Ephesians 4.17, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Ephesians 5.2, and walk, Paul said, in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Or chapter 5, verse 8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Given this truth, he says, walk as children of light. And then this morning... Our current text, Ephesians 5.15, Paul says, for the last time, actually, he uses this verb, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. All of these verbs appear in the second half of the book of Ephesians. But there is one time that it is used in the first half, and it is important that we take note of it. Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 10, Paul writes, again telling us of who we are, for we are His workmanship. He owns us, we belong to Him, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, here it is, that we should walk in them. This verse is an important foundation upon which our current text is built upon. Because what it reminds us of 
is that God has bought us. We are His. And not only has He bought us, and not only are we His, but He has placed before us moments. He has created us to walk in these moments in a way that would be pleasing to Him. We have been recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. These good works, Paul says, he has prepared beforehand. All we must do is walk in them. This is the sovereign foundation which has been laid for us to walk. Given this reality, Paul commands in verse 15, walk wisely. That is, walk in these good works. Or he also commands in verse 16 of chapter 5, make the best use of the time. Or also in verse 17, understand what the will of the Lord is. And of course, given the reality of who we now are in Christ, these commands to walk wisely, to make the best use of the time, to understand what the will of the Lord is, is these are not burdensome. We've been recreated, and thus as we walk in this way, we count it a joy and a privilege. This is what we have been created to do. This does not mean that it will be easy. We were reminded last week that though we are now light, this is who we are, children of the light, we still walk amongst the darkness, which means there will be challenges. As we walk through the darkness, Paul commands in verse 15 of chapter 5, look carefully how you walk. To look carefully means to walk in accordance and to look at what God has commanded so that we might walk in this way. This is an adverb which conveys a sense of walking precisely. That is to consider whether each step is in accordance with what God has commanded. It is to walk with extreme care and caution so that a certain standard, the standard given by the king himself, the one who has redeemed us, might be held to. Now, it is certainly true that everything in this short life, everything that is worth doing, must be handled with care. Even the world knows this. The wise business owner manages his affairs with care. The serious student works out his assignments with great care. The loving father looks after his family with great care and watchfulness. And likewise, and even more so, the faithful Christian, the one who has been bought by the precious blood of Jesus, sees to the calling that the Lord has placed on his life with great care and great caution, walking carefully. And so, as we come to the text this morning, you will be excited to know that Paul has three commands to help us do this. Three commands to help us walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Three commands to help us walk carefully in the evil dark days that we find ourselves in. We begin with the first. He says simply, walk wisely. As a Christian, as those who have been recreated, you are called no longer to walk as a fool, but to walk as a wise man. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, there's the negative, but as wise, the positive. 
You remember within the context that our calling as children of the light is to expose the darkness. And also, as children of light, we are to bear fruit in accordance with this light. And this being the case, we must make sure, if we are called to expose and bear fruit in accordance with the light, that we are walking first as light ourselves. And to do this, we walk wisely. That is, we walk according to the wisdom found in God's Word. He says, don't be foolish, but walk wisely. Maybe the best way, or one of the ways to understand what the wise path is, to understand the difference between the wise man and the fool. If we begin with the fool, we note, according to the book of Proverbs, that the fool, according to the Scripture, is the person who looks at wisdom, hears wisdom, and then chooses to ignore it, to despise it. It would be like one of you hearing God's Word this morning and leaving the room and walking in a direct opposite direction. It is one who knows what it is like to hear correction, hear reproof, but who does not know what it is like to actually listen to it. In other words, one of the chief characteristics of the foolish man is that he is unteachable. Though God's Word would teach him, he will not listen. He will continue to walk according to his desires and not according to the will of the Lord. Proverbs 10.8, the wise of heart will receive commandments. He loves it, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. That is, he will come to ruin because he will not receive these commandments. Proverbs 15.5, a fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof, he is prudent. Proverbs 23.9, do not speak in the hearing of a fool. For he will despise the good sense of your words. He will not listen. Proverbs 29.9, If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs. There is no quiet. Or perhaps one you've all heard that the children love to laugh at. Proverbs 12.1, He who loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. He is stupid. That is, he is a fool. From all of this, we learn that a refusal to be taught or a refusal to be corrected is one of the distinguishing marks of a fool. And why does he refuse? What keeps him from listening to correction? It is one simple truth. He believes he is right. He is proud. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Only the wise man, Solomon says, listens to advice. The foolish man spurns wisdom and correction and reproof because he is proud. And because he is proud, he does not walk carefully, but foolishly. Now, we all are in particular danger when it comes to this because there is a sense where we all do what's right in our own eyes. You are here this morning because you chose it. It was right in your eyes. You will do what you're going to do when you leave here because it is right in your own eyes. And yet the difference between the wise man and the fool is that the wise man will consider that perhaps he could be wrong. Perhaps he might make a wrong step. And so he opens his heart 
to counsel from others and from God's word. You see, the wise man knows that there are potential traitors in his heart. And thus he walks carefully and he listens to the counsel of others that he might discern when perhaps one of these traitors is seeking to lead him astray. But the fool, he has made peace with these traitors. And not only has he made peace, but he has barred the doors of his heart that they might reign from within. This is not so for the wise man. He considers counsel, he listens, and he walks carefully. As he steps, someone says, watch out. Takes a step back. He considers, is this in accordance with God's word? And then he steps. The fool hears, watch out, and he sees it as, keep going. That must be the fool, not me. The wise man considers. And not only does he consider the counsel from others in God's kingdom, but much more so the counsel that comes straight from the royal throne itself. From God first and foremost. The fool will not listen to his friends, but also the fool will not listen to his creator. This is the distinguishing mark of the fool. Psalm 14.1, the LSB reads this way, The wicked fool says in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 53.1, the wicked fool says in his heart, there is no God. And he says this so that he might walk as if there is no God. And in so doing, he wastes each step on his own pleasure and glory. Perhaps we have no devout atheist in the room. Perhaps there are. And yet I fear there may be some, though you may profess with your mouth, I believe in God, with your actions, you act as if there were no God. Yes, you know there's a God, but as God looks down at your actions, He wonders, do you really believe it? For you are walking in a way that is not in accordance with what God has said. This is practical atheism even more foolish than the man who does not know God. Where does wisdom come from? Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And this is because only those who truly fear the Lord will live with a constant awareness of who He is, an understanding of the gift of life He has given, an understanding of His Word that would compel them to walk carefully. The fool lives with no such awareness. Instead, he says in his own heart, there is no God that he might suppress this truth and continue to walk in foolishness, in the darkness. The second half of that verse, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They hate it. So then to walk carefully is to walk wisely. And to walk wisely is to walk in accordance with God's Word and with a constant awareness of His gaze and awareness of His presence, such that you are made humble enough to listen to the counsel of others and most of all, to listen to the counsel of His Word. Look carefully, Paul says, at how you walk. Not as unwise, 
but as wise. And so we consider that the wise man is teachable. This being the case, Paul has something to teach us this morning. Not only to walk wisely, but also secondly, this is so important, make the best use of the time. Paul wants to teach the Ephesians that if they are going to walk wisely, they must have a correct understanding of time. He says, make the best use of time because the days are evil. Now, this phrase, making the best use of the time, is translated several different ways. And that is because the translators are trying to get the sense of what this verb means. The NASB has, make the most of your time. ESVE, making the best of the time. The Net Bible, taking advantage of every opportunity. The LSB, redeeming the time. All conveying a similar sense, but the word is really redeem. It is a commerce kind of word. So the idea here is that we are to buy up the time by making the most of the limited time that we are given. We are to see time as a gift given from the Lord and we are to buy it with our best effort. We understand that it is precious. We don't look at each moment as cheap, as something to be wasted, If we see it as cheap, we'll bring nothing to the transaction. We'll waste it. We'll kill it. Fritter it away on entertainments. But if you would consider that each moment from God is a gift from Him, and not only that, that you are now His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, that you should walk in them. If you remember these truths, you will consider that this moment is for that. Not for me, but for Him. And you consider, how is it that he wants me to live? He wants me to make the most of it. And there you see the translators. Take every opportunity. Make the most of your time. The best use of it. Take advantage of it. Redeem it. The application then put negatively is that you will not redeem time. You will not redeem the moment if you do not consider it as precious. It's a precious gift. Valuable. Something that you've been given. What is it that creates value? Scarcity. Gold is valuable because it is scarce. Time is scarce. And not only is it scarce, You have no idea how much you have. And once it is lived, unlike gold where you might waste it and work to get it again, once time is lived out, it's gone forever. You cannot get it back. And so we must consider it as the most precious gift on this earth. And yet, as you look around, Who lives like this? Who considers time as precious? Everywhere you look, it's wasted. As if we had an eternity full of it. Paul reminds us, time is scarce. And one day it will be gone. And as you come closer to the end of your life, you will begin to know 
just how valuable it is. The psalmist writes in Psalm 90, 12, praise, rather, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Paul writes, walk carefully, not as unwise, but wise. The psalmist says, if you want to do that, number your days. That is, consider that your days are numbered by the Lord. Each one given from Him to be lived for Him. Consider this, gain a heart of wisdom and walk wisely. Let there be amongst Christians no talk of wasting time or killing time, but only redeeming the time because you have been redeemed, recreated. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to walk in those good works. Paul says, this is how you should walk. Walk carefully. One indication that careful walking must be what we do. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 36, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every idle word that they speak. Now in the moment, these words were not idle. They're just living in the moment. But what they failed to consider is that that moment was for Christ. And that word that came out was for Christ. Jesus says, you will give an account for every idle moment. So if you live here and you think, or you leave here and you think, I've got some extra time. Let's go kill it. Waste it. Maybe put on a movie or two. One day you will give an account. This does not mean, by the way, that you cannot enjoy your life. But it does mean in those moments, you ought to give thanks to Him for the joys and the pleasures of life. And it does mean that in those moments, you ought to consider how you can best glorify Him. These moments are given to be stewarded, not to be wasted. We are not like the unwise who waste our days. We are like the wise who live our days for Christ. Resolved, Jonathan Edwards wrote, never to lose one moment of time, but rather to improve it in the most profitable way as I possibly can. This is the correct perspective. This will set you apart. To live this way is to live as the light, to stand out in the darkness. It is to know that one day you will stand before Him and give an account. It is to live with that sober reality. And yet we consider that Paul not only said that we are to make the best use of the time, but he gave us a reason. He said, because the days are evil. In other words, remember, this is not peacetime. You are not in glory. This is a battle time experience. Satan is reigning. Darkness is all around Therefore, you don't relax, you take each step with care. And you consider that these are evil days. 
Evil days, of course, refers to the days of darkness. These are the days that occur from Christ's death and resurrection until the time when he will come back for his children. One day, all of this will change. Christ will reign, but this day is not now. He says these are evil days. One more time, this phrase is used in the book of Ephesians. Turn with me over to chapter 6, verse 11. This is the famous section, well-known section on the armor of God. He's going to use this phrase again, and in it we'll gain an understanding as to what he means. Ephesians 6, 11, Paul writes, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand or withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Why do you take up the whole armor of God? Because you understand this is an evil day. You understand that you need his word in order to walk carefully and to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. There are too many who have no understanding of what time it is, and thus they do not walk appropriately. And so this is an evil day. I do not have to tell you this, turn on the news, look at any social media outlet, And you know it is an evil day, an increasingly evil day. So much so that you can be discouraged by it. What can I do? And yet, there is a simple truth to encourage you this morning. You were created precisely for this evil day. He did not make an accident. Not only have you been recreated, but he placed you here to recreate you so that you might walk in this day. You might ask yourself these questions. Why is it that I find myself in this particular moment as opposed to another? Why now, 2023, why was I not born in the 1850s or the 210s? Why was I born in America, not Gaza? Why this church surrounded by these people? Why do I go to work at that place or school at that place? Why do I have these friends? Why San Antonio? Why are we not all living in the promised land in Lubbock, Texas? (laughs) It's because he chose you for this particular moment in this particular place. You did not choose these things. You did not choose to be born in this time. He did. He knew the times. And he prepared you for the times. He has a plan for you to walk in these times. So then, to waste these times is a particular evil. For your Heavenly Father has prepared you, has saved you, called you out, and then gifted you with this particular moment, these particular gifts, so that you might walk in them. So therefore, to waste that is to waste his gift. 
to waste the moment. You are created for this. In the book of Esther, Mordecai poses this question, a rhetorical question, to get Esther to consider the action that she was made for in the precise moment she found herself in. He asked, who knows whether or not you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this? Rhetorical answer, and the answer is, of course you have been prepared for this. Who else? And the answer is the same for you. Who knows whether you have been prepared for such a time as this? The answer is yes, you have. So then the only question is to consider what it is he desires for you to do. At every single birth of a new baby, every birth announcement that happens here at this church, here is the thought. That little one has been created for this time, prepared by the Heavenly Father to walk in a way that's in accordance with His will. Therefore, every parent must teach their child to walk in accordance with what He has commanded. Of course, we first must do this by proclaiming to them the gospel No one can walk in accordance with God's will if they are not first recreated, saved by the Son. But having been saved by Him, now a child of the light, we are to walk in accordance with that light. And we do so by understanding not only what is wise and unwise, but also to understand time is precious. There's a certain way to live. And with that, we come to what is so understanding, or so important to understand, Point three, understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul writes, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Therefore, that is, in light of all that we have just considered, And in order that we might walk wisely by redeeming the time, do not be foolish, but instead understand what God has commanded. This is the key to it all. In order to walk wisely and in order to redeem the time with your best effort, you must first discern what God's will truly is. Now, how do you discern His will? You could do what I used to do in middle school. Should I marry this girl? All right, we're going to take the basketball. Lord, if I make it, it's a done deal. I missed? That's one more shot, one more shot. You know, and just keep, keep going, keep going. You could randomly flip open your Bible and point your finger and whatever that says, that's what you do. Judas went and hanged himself. No, 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 not that. We aren't talking about the secret will of the Lord. Such things, who you're going to marry, what your career will be, those are secret. And one day they will be revealed as you walk them out. We're talking about the revealed will of the Lord. Understand what God has revealed. And we believe and know that what God has revealed is clear and it's sufficient. It's sufficient for helping us to walk 
the way God has commanded. And so we make a careful study of God's Word so that we might walk carefully in a way that pleases Him. Not to do this, to forget this, is to walk foolishly. James gives an illustration of this in James 4.13. He writes, To those who have forgotten God's will, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. He says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You see, they had forgotten to consider what pleases the Lord. And they had forgotten that time is short. And not remembering that time is short, they begin to live according to their desires and thus they wasted their time. Instead, he says, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. There's the pride. You give no thought to the Lord's will. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Who is it that knows the right thing to do? It's those who have this. For the one who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin, it's proud boasting, it is evil. Evil. When you live, leave here, you will have choices. If the Lord wills, you should think, I will do that. If he doesn't, I will not do that. This is what directs your life. Don't be foolish, Paul writes. Understand, make a careful study so that you might know what the will of the Lord is. Because this is the standard that he has given us by which we might judge whether or not we are truly redeeming the time. And don't only understand it, but walk in it. Walk carefully in it. And as you walk, understand that one day you will be standing in front of him. You'll give an account. On that day, you will be keenly aware, some of you, of how much time you have wasted. Perhaps even now, you are aware, painfully aware, of how much time you have wasted. All for yourself. Walking in the wrong direction. And yet, know this, the one who is outside of time came in time to redeem you. The message of the gospel is simple, that if you will repent, that is confess that you have indeed wasted his time, misspent his time, not only misspent it and wasted it, but you've used it for evil. If you will confess these things before him, fall on your face before him, then the one who came to redeem will redeem you. And his blood will cover you so that on that day when you're standing before him to give an account of what you have done or not done, the son steps forward and says, I have redeemed him. 
And if this is you, and you've been redeemed, you've been bought so that you might walk in accordance with what he has commanded. This is not a burden, but a joy. For you have been recreated, his workmanship, that you might walk in a way that pleases him. This is the command. Let none of us walk in a way that is not careful, but walk carefully in accordance with what he has commanded. Psalm 119.60. Here is the right application. Knowing these things, I hasten and do not delay to keep what you have commanded. And so this morning, though we are all aware of our failures in this area, we have an important reminder as we come to his table. Though we have failed, he has not. And so we depend not upon what we can do with our time, but we depend upon what he has done. These things are easy to forget, and so in his wisdom, he has commanded that we would regularly observe his table, that his body and blood were spilt for us in order that we might be redeemed. And from this, our steps might be strengthened to walk as he has commanded. And so in just a moment, the ushers are going to come forward. They're going to pass around the elements. In the middle, there are some of a different color. That's for those who need gluten-free. And what I want to do is give you just a few minutes before they come just to examine yourself. And so I'm going to give you a couple minutes, and then I will pray. Ushers will come. They will pass out the elements, and then we'll partake together. So let's take a couple of minutes and examine ourselves before the Lord.